Do you have what it takes? That's a question we ask ourselves a lot. Today, we have Alex Viasis, a graphic designer from the Netherlands, who talks about her journey through real migration and her mental and social emotional journey, learning multiple languages, trying to survive in her new world. Light your lanterns and join us. Welcome to Our Village Stories, parenting through passion and grit. Shared stories become the lanterns that guide our kids' path. Join other villagers as Coach Cam, a teacher and athletic director, creates a safe space for these stories. So grab a lantern and let's light it up. Oh, yeah, I'm feeling this. Yo, Dre. You just crazy. Joining us now, we have Alex Viasis. Yeah. I get it? Perfect. Yeah, perfect. She is a graphic designer in the Netherlands. Yes, I know. All the way from the land of windmills. <laughs> awesome. So before we, you know, really dive deep into some of these things, I just got to know, how did you end up in the Netherlands? Oh, God, that is that is a whole journey. Everything's like my life has is one that has been really guided by migration, actually. Before I was born, like generations before me, from my mom's side of the family, it was a whole thing of people saying, I love this person. They live in another country. I'm going to go to that mm. country. So my great-grandmother did that. My grandmother did that. My mom did it for my dad. And when they met at a sweet 18 and 20 years old, my parents are those people that met each other when they were super young, decided, hey, let's have a kid. Had my older sister. And they are to this day the most insanely in love people that I know. But and through their journey, it was, hey, let's move to Mexico because I got a new job from my dad's side. So we moved to Mexico. Then we lived there for four years. I was 15 from 15 to 18, three years. Yeah, three years. Then when I was 18, we moved to Germany because of my dad's job again. And then I lived in Germany for about eight years until I became a German citizen. And I said, like I was a citizen already, so a visa was no longer a problem for me. And I was I had a very good job at a company for with for whom I still freelance to this day. So we have a great relationship. But I just sat there and thought, there is no way up for me in this company. There is no way sideways either. And I don't feel qualified with the skills that I have right now to have another job as a designer anywhere else. So what did freshly Germanized 26-year-old me do, said, I'm going to go back to college. And it so happens that I started applying to a bunch of places. And I found this. My parents had just recently moved to the Netherlands. And they said, like, hey, you should check out schools here. Dutch design is very well known across the world. And I got into this one school that said, literally, their feedback to me was, we don't like your portfolio. We like you as a person. Your interview was really good. So we want you. And that was almost four years ago. So here I am, uh, 29 and about to graduate college with my second degree. Wow. Through your journey, I see that there's a lot of love and passion, right? That, that transcends through generations. And then that love and passion that you found within yourself. To go out and step out and pursue the career that you're in now. So it's, it's there, it's in you. And I commend you exactly. for being brave enough to take that journey. Why graphic design? By the way, thank you. It's very true. I am very lucky that through my entire life, the one thing that I had for sure was that my parents loved me. It's mm-hmm. 
like my parents, like my parents are amazing. They love me and my sisters madly. And I think my greatest fear in life was just like disappointing them. It was never that they would stop loving me. It was that I would not be worthy of their love. And that sent me to therapy at one point. But yeah, why graphic design? I always loved to draw. Like drawing and art was always something that I really enjoyed doing. If I had to choose in school between music or art, I would always choose art and like drawing and sketching and painting. I remember I had this book when I was little, the, hungry, the book, The Hungry Caterpillar. So that author, that same author and illustrator, team up for another book called Brown Bear. And I remember... I know Brown Bear. I love that book. I loved it because of the textures. Because I had never seen a children's book like that, that it was so simple. The drawings were so weird and the texture was amazing. And since I was little, that hit me in the back of my head. And it wasn't until I was in university that I realized this really impacted me when I was very young. Mm -hmm. But that said... Graphic design is not a career that is very encouraged in Latin America mm. because let's face it, you will starve. You will either be doing posters for events or making wedding invitations or working for a magazine. It's not really something that is valued in like here in the Netherlands. Like you can be a graphic designer and dedicate your life to making posters and make a very good life for yourself. It's just a different culture, there are different priorities. It's mm. first world compared to third world. We have different problems. And I completely understand that, but it's not something that was encouraged. So I said, you know what? I'm going to become an engineer like my dad. And when I was in Germany, I tried it. In Germany, your high school degree is not acknowledged. So if you did high school in another country, when you live in Germany, they'll ask you to repeat one one year. Mm -hmm. So the last year, you go to a special school that's called the Studienkolleg. And it's basically a bunch of international students doing their last year of high school in their own specialties. I failed miserably, partly because I thought I was way too smart to study and partly because it's not what I wanted to do. So for the first time in my life, I fail at something schooly, school-wise. And that really hit me. And my, my older sister had just decided that she was going to move to... We were living in a small town outside of a bigger town in Germany. And she had just decided, hey, I'm going to find an apartment and I'm going to move to the big city. The big city had maybe a quarter million people living there. <laughs> and I was like going through a bit of a depression, a bit of I don't know what to do with my life. First time I really fail at something. And she said, OK, let's do it. And I moved across the street from a graphic design school without knowing it. Ah. And I said, okay, should I try this? Let me see. Put a portfolio together real quick. And they took me in. And I said, it's for a year while I figure stuff out. And I, I never left. So I ended up with a technical, I think it's a technical degree. It's not. It's a three-year degree, but it's not a bachelor's degree. It's a technical degree. It's like a, a tier underneath. And yeah, that led to my first job in design. Like big job. I had done like little during my, during my three and a half years studying there. I did little jobs like freelancing jobs but then a couple months after that after graduating i got my first big freelancing job which is the one that i mentioned before that had no up no down or left no yeah it's been a journey yeah i see that and i'm gonna i want to backtrack a little bit can you talk a little bit more about that international school you were in what was the setting what was the the vibe of the children what were the social groups like can you talk a little bit about that 
Yeah, it, it's weird. It's it's a weird place. It's smacked right in the center of Hamburg, which mm-hmm. is um very nice northern German city. And everybody age-wise, it's around 18, 21. And you have all kinds of people, like every like from every country, because Germany it's very well known for its universities. So you have German students that went to do high school in another country for whatever reason. You have from people from Latin America, you have people from the Middle East, you have Australians, people from Africa, you have people from other parts of Europe, you have everybody. And it's a year if you don't, if you speak German already, two years if you don't speak German. So you can also arrive there not knowing a lick of German and you'll learn German in a year. And yeah, it's a really cool vibe. It's a nice place. I always thought it was really funny that we all arrived to school together. But then the second we arrived, we split up into little groups based on the language and where we come from. And then we go back to this class and then we like pile up again. It was like during breaks, you really want to like find the people that you're most comfortable with. And usually it's the people that already know your culture or have the same native language as you. It's just like that little break because before we all have to go back and speak German or English, depending on what we're most comfortable with. But it was a really cool vibe, really nice. Again, I think I felt, well, like any place you have a couple of teachers that really don't want to be there. Like I really struggle with math, but I think it had a lot to do with the fact that my math teacher really did not want to be there. So it wasn't engaging either. Uh-huh. And yeah, it it was the first time that I had to go to school. Like if, for example, in German classes, you realize that everybody has their own style of intelligence. So for example, in German class, we have, you are graded in four categories, which is like talking, listening, writing, and reading. And you would see that I had a classmate, for example, me, who came from Vietnam. Amazing guy, super smart, but, and he would excel in grammar for example but he would really struggle in the talking part right apart and i would have an easy time talking because it was more spontaneous but i would really struggle in grammar so he was good memorizing rules and applying them i was good improvising and when we got right. to work together right. we could combine those skills so it was that it's it's not that I am dumb and you're smart. It's that we are smart in different ways. I love that. I love that you brought that up. The importance of knowing your style and something that you recognized in yourself and your friend. And you were able to work together to find common goal and actually help each other. And that's beautiful. I wish all my friends who are listening now, I'm telling you that right now. This is something that I talk talk to you about all the time. And teachers as well. Like every child has different learning styles. You have to find that learning style and do your best to match up with it, right? help them hone that skill while developing the other stuff as well. But in order to maximize their abilities, you have to match where their learning style is. We call it, we call it meeting the student where they are pretty much. And so thank you for, you know, talking about that piece. That's something we talk about over here a lot. The other piece I wanted to talk about was how interesting it was is that you all spoke. So hearing this correctly, you all spoke German in class, correct? But then when you went to lunch, you found your own crew and then, for example, you would speak Spanish or you would speak whatever, English, right? English yeah. or English, but you would just be in like your group. And then when you got back together, you spoke German. And that's very interesting. And I commend you on that. I don't think I'd be able to do something like that. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I have a hard enough time speaking English here. Man. I don't know. <laughs> well, I don't know. Like, 
that's the thing that I am very lucky. I speak now. Um, I'm learning my fifth language, which is Dutch. Mm-hmm. And because I wasn't an, like, I have an American accent because in Ecuador, where I'm originally from, TV doesn't come up for us. It comes subtitled. So I uh-huh. was watching TV in English since I was very little. The first from kindergarten to, I think, the third grade, the second grade, I went to an, a school called the Abraham Lincoln School. Mm-hmm. Where we had half a day in English and half a day in Spanish, so right. it became easy. It became easy for me. It became fluid. And then when I was eight, my parents had just heard that they there's this slot had opened in the German school. So because of something called World War Two, Germany owed a huge debt to the world. So what they did is that they set up schools all over uh, Latin America. And so you have a German school in Argentina, a German school in Brazil, German schools in Colombia, and they're schools that are supported partly by the German government, but they're also private schools. So you have to pay for it, which is something very normal when you're upper middle class in Latin America, you go to a private school. And my parents, they were very excited about their brilliant children who were having an amazing time in this American school. So they signed us up. The school told them, your daughters don't know Jack. Wow. Yeah. It's like in, my parents were there like 30 and 28 and they show up with all our certificates and diplomas. And we had just done our our tests ready to hear your daughters are geniuses. And the school said, you have a seven-year-old me who still counts with her fingers. And you have an eight-year-old that is really struggling in all the subjects. Well, we still want to take them. And my parents were like, okay, ex- ex- why? The older one, my older sister, refused to give up the test. Like the, the teacher was trying to take the test away from her and she would not give it up until she finished it. Like she would figure it out. I, on the other hand, just said, I don't know anything and just started talking to the teacher and asking questions about the things that I didn't know and about the classroom and stuff. So you had one that was very stubborn dash what's another word for stubborn no it's it's the so, okay so when certain things say determination yeah. right well, right determination. determination but you know you, sometimes you need a lot a little stubbornness in order to get through some things right so yeah it, it's, you have one that yeah. it's very determined and one that it's very curious and mm-hmm. so they took us on and we started learning german as a german school you learn german Mm-hmm. And then when we moved to Mexico, because we were both already spoke English very well, we got, they sent us to French class. So we both learned four languages before we turned 19. And then when I moved to the Netherlands, I make it a point to speak the language of the country they live in. So that's, that's been a journey. But yeah, talking about the different languages, it's, even if you master a language, there are certain expressions and third, certain things that will only come out in your native language. It's. It's this looseness that you can talk and you can use the term in certain world, certain words. And I am somebody that with, I will speak. Like I honestly, words will come out and you will understand mm-hmm. me. But there are other people that really focus on how they're pronouncing things, make sure that their conjugations are in point. Right. And for them, it can be exhausting. So they would feel more comfortable speaking in their native language or the language that they're more comfortable in. So that little break of going to your back to your roots and then come back to actively moving your brain. Actively like, moving how do I brain. say this? Yeah. That's amazing. I love the fact that they took the time to recognize what type of children you were 
kind of students you were. Like, once again, we go back to the type of learners, right? You didn't know anything by their standards. By their standards, you didn't know anything because you're taking a test. But they saw the determination in your sister. Okay, if we teach her something, she's going to try to figure it out, which is great. We love that type of energy. We'll help that. And then you, who naturally had conversations. And through the conversation, right, they're like, oh, you do know stuff. You may not just be able to put it down on the paper that we had currently. So it's wonderful that they allowed you to have that expression. And once again, it's the importance of learning styles, learning many people where they're at. Once again, another example. So you, you're, doing, so you're doing this for me. You're making this easy for me. You're making this easy you know for me. Totally. And I had an episode of my podcast in which I interviewed actually one of my favorite teachers at university. Her name is Ginger Coons. And she has a PhD in design research. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, I got her as a teacher. I respect her so much. She's amazing. She's currently acting my thesis advisor. And yeah, she makes me think. She really like plays with my brain. Mm-hmm. So when I interviewed her, I was expecting to get this, this journey that from little girl, she was really smart and savvy and her teachers adored her. And she told me this story about one of her teachers when she was in like, like 13, 14, 15, like those years. Yeah. And that she was not excelling at school. She was just not excelling at school. And the teacher told her mom, and I quote, this is the quote from the episode, and you can go check it out. Uh I could accept if Ginger was stupid. I can work with stupid. Mm. What bugs me is that she could do better and she doesn't want to. And that's the thing that the teacher saw. She can do this, that, that she doesn't struggle intellectually. She can do it. She just doesn't want to. And it was that that what gave her motivation is seeing that there's potential here. And that would be so frustrating, seeing that there's potential there. You refuse to use it. You refuse to use it. I just have to figure a new way to get it out of you. And I think that's a great teacher. Seeing not, she could have said, this kid just doesn't want to. I don't care. But she took the work, the, the effort of talking to her mom and say, hey, your daughter has something. And she's just not using it. And we have to get it out of her. And. They clearly did because she's an amazing teacher now and she does that with us. She figures out a way and she's super motivational. She's amazing. And I think it has to do with the fact that somebody believed in her when she was younger and pushed her and now she pushes us. And that's the effect teachers can have. And sometimes we ignore it. So hearing that what she's doing is being the person she needed, right? to you. And what I want to ask you is, what would you tell your younger self? How would you become the person that you needed? That's a good question. I think it depends on what age. I think we have to write it down to that particular So let's, let's, do, let's do middle school. Yeah, those are my pre-Mexico years. Pre-Mexico me, I would just, I don't know, I would just say, don't worry about things as much. Don't like enjoy this time. You don't need, there's no need to grow up fast. There is. I, I remember, so when I was like from 13 to 14, it was like, it's a time where you start liking boys and stuff and you get to puberty and you start liking boys and you see your friends getting boyfriends and girlfriends, which is not real. Like you're not dating. You're just hanging out during the 15 minute break. And I remember worrying about that being like, oh my God, is a boy ever going to like me and stressing out about it. And if I, and that really occupied a lot of my time thinking about that. It's all my, it's a boy ever going to like me. And I also saw that because I entered school when I was in the eighth grade, everybody had already had all these experience, these previous experiences of being in kindergarten together and 
had their little group and a little tribe. And I was shy back then. So I didn't have this huge group of friends that I saw everybody else having. I would just tell myself, chill. It's just chill, relax, be yourself. You're way more in your head than... Like people don't think about you have time to think about yourself. Just like yourself, be your happy little peppy self. Because I it was two things. Like at home, I was this spunky, happy, jumpy kid. And when I was in school, I was more quiet and shy and to myself with a few very good friends, but then always worrying about, do I need more friends? It was something that was always in my head. And I always just say that it's fine. This is just a stage of growing. Just like the things that you like. Do the things that you do and you're going to be okay. Then if we jump from 15 to 18, that's my Mexico years where I was a nightmare. I was a nightmare teenager. I will just say for the love of God, chill. You have nothing to prove. You have nothing to prove to anybody for the love of God, chill. And... Yeah, I honestly don't understand how I don't understand how my parents put up with me during that time. I honestly don't understand. Like now that I see them, my younger sister, I keep thinking, how did my parents not slap me? I want to slap me. I could go back in time and be like, what are you doing? Patient, you learn patience real quick. You learn about your tolerance and how you are once you start handling children, and then you start recognizing some of the habits that you had and you're seeing in others now. I call my dad sometimes, man, the attitude is crazy. He's just laughing on the phone. I'm talking to him bending and he's laughing at me. He's laughing. He's like, remember when you were a child? And he's just, he's laughing the whole thing. I came to you for support and he's just killing me here. So a few weeks ago, my mom was in Mexico, was in Mexico on a trip. And I was staying in the Netherlands with my younger sister, who like, she's fine. Like she's 17, turning 18 in a couple months. Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend, his favorite comedian, had a show in Dublin. Mm-hmm. So, for people who live in the States, it might be hard to imagine that because Europe is going through the Netherlands to Dublin or like traveling for to another country for the weekend, it's the thing that we do. Like, yeah, I can be from where I live in Rotterdam to Paris in two hours with a train, and the train is like fifty bucks. And the entire time, I was freaking out. I was freaking out, thinking like, should I go? Should I leave her? Thinking of what my teenage self would have done with no parents for three days, with no supervision for three days. Mm. (laughs) I was here in a bar in Dublin and I was GPS tracking her. Where is she? How did she leave her phone at home? If I call her now, will she pick up the phone? Like me being the wildlife helicopter parent, my boyfriend being very kind and very patient with me, not calling me overbearing or anything. Just be like, okay, check on her. Don't over check on her. Maybe every 45 minutes, not every 15 minutes, just like moderating me. So she's a very good kid. But it's if I could go back to my teenage years in that time, like from 15 to 18, I would say chill. I was really embracing that YOLO lifestyle, small Mexican town with nothing to do. Just, yeah. (laughs) And then, uh, go ahead. Yeah. And then, like, Afterwards, it's that time. And then I think my teens really ended with that failure at the end of when I failed German high school. And that's the time that I needed the most wisdom from my older self to say, it's okay. This is not the path that you imagined for yourself. 
it's not a path that you would have chosen. But there are good things at the end of this path. It's just a different one. And I think that's really the struggle when you're in those years that you have this image of yourself. And if you're knocked out of this path or this image looks slightly different than what you have in your head, you're still developing that wisdom to say, maybe this would lead me somewhere else. Maybe this would lead to a whole new path. I think that if I had gone to engineering school and I had become an engineer, I wouldn't have the life that I have now. I wouldn't have met my bestest of friends. I wouldn't have met, I wouldn't have fallen in love with the people that I fell in love with that changed me and made me a better person. I would not have been there for my mom in one of the most harrowing moments of her life. I wouldn't have been there for my sister to help her navigate her teenage years either. So it's that. It's just like going back to my 18, 19 year old self and say, hey, this is a different path, but it's still good. Still, it's okay. You're going to end up in a very good place. And so far, it's been true. But right, yeah, you've made a life we'll for yourself. See what happens next. Yeah. I would like to thank Alex for coming on, but I would also open the floor to her to give her an opportunity to tell us where we can find her and how we can connect. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. It's been really a blast. It's been very flowy, very organic. Like I love my podcasts and conversations. If people want to find me, they can check out my podcast. It's called Do I Need School to Be? And it's rooted in the fact that when I started as a design, every time I tell somebody I'm a designer, a graphic designer, they ask me, really? Like, that's a, that's a job? You went to school for that? And that really seated in my mind the question, did I actually need to need school to do this thing, to become this thing? Mm. I personally did. And like we said on the, on, in the beginning, every, every child, every human being on this earth has a different way of learning. Some people are visual, some people are auditory, some people are experiential. There's so many different ways of learning and to find your path. And I'm by no means saying that a doctor should be self-educated. A doctor definitely needs to go to medical school, <laughs> same as lawyers. But for creative jobs and for certain jobs, really, you might need a different type of education. So what I do on my show is that I talk to people in creative fields or who have had a creative journey into their current career or into their current job. And we talk about how they did that. I think there's a lot of shows that talk about people who are already made it and they talk about their amazing work, but they don't focus on the education side. And I want to talk about the people who shape them, the village that they build around themselves, the books, movies, the teachers they had, the experiences that shaped them. And we have had musicians, I have, it's me. So it's a one-woman show and my guests. So we, I have talked to musicians, designers, authors book editors. Actually, one of my, my guests was a plumber and we talk about how he became a plumber and that's a journey in itself. PhD candidates, PhD title holders. We, it's in episode 30 now. The episode 30 is coming up this week and it's really been a journey and I would like to invite anybody who listens to your show who is thinking, I want to become this thing but I have no idea how to be this thing to just check it out and Maybe something will resonate. And the fact that there are all these different paths. I had a photographer a few weeks ago that worked in sustainability until she was 33, I think. And then she said, I have this deep love for photography. I want to do both. And now she's working on sustainability and has her own 
brand photography business. It's, it's that, that it's a journey and every journey is valid. And if you're looking for a role model or somebody to emulate, maybe you'll find it on the show. And if there is nobody like that, reach out and I will find somebody and I will talk to them because we need this information. We need to share these journeys and to make a, maybe a bigger village around ourselves. Oh, that is wonderful. And I love the premise of your show. And it's similar to what we're doing here, right? We're sharing our stories to our children and people to figure out, help you find yourself, help you find your learning style, help you find your passion, help you find your interests. So I'm going to call Alex a villager. Alex, I'm going to say welcome to the village. Yay! Alex, welcome to the village. It's awesome. I enjoyed my time talking to you. I learned a lot about culture and languages and perseverance and love and passion right through your journey well thank you so much and i appreciate it if anybody wants to find you the handle is dean school to be it's a very complicated handle (laughs) it's like d-i-n school Mm -hmm. to like number two and b like the letter b i need a better handle i need to wait for it to come out and if not you can find me on the podcast called do i need school to be and you can find it all on the pod on all the podcasting platforms or the website is do I need school to be dot bus sprout. Any and everything you do with passion and grit, find your passion and get to it. I'd like to thank Alex for jumping on the pod, sharing her story of migration, finding her passion, and using some grit to get through her life. Truly a remarkable story that transcends life, transcends love, transcends generations. Using the love of her grandparents to fuel her passion and find it in the Netherlands. She is always welcomed in the village. Be sure to like and subscribe to Our Village Stories. Parenting through passion and grit. On YouTube, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for lighting the lanterns with us.